Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 342 recorded live on Saturday, January 11th, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who might have paid attention at CES this year, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who realized he should have said, paid attention to CES, Andy Lowe, hi. Yeah, it was kind of weird, like, what? I wasn't at CES. Why would I pay attention? I, I did pay attention to Sorry. CES a little bit. I typed in the wrong two-letter word. Yeah. And then I scrapped my part of the introduction because I realized after I was looking at it. Because you realized you screwed it up, but that's okay. We'll run with it. We'll run with it. That's fine. That's not an insurmountable error, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Yes, it is not an insurmountable error. This does not bode well for us, Andy. (laughs) Minute into the show. Minute into the show, and I'm getting confused by double negatives. Yeah, was it a double negative or positive negative? Wouldn't that just be a negative? This is like the time where people ask, "Hey, should I turn left here?" and they go right, and you're like, "Which is something when because I've taught actually a couple people how to drive, and I've very firmly gotten that in my mind of you never say right unless you actually mean the direction. Correct. Correct. Sure. And if and when you have kids and you have to teach them how to drive, just remember that. Correct. Just remember right is a direction. Right is a direction. Not a confirmation. So either yep or you got it or correct. (laughs) Sure. I I wouldn't suggest sure, actually. Why not? Well, because sure kind of is is more of a laid back. And if you're in a, a kind of instructor position... I could see that for the amount of times that I have done the substitute teaching, it's hard for me to be the serious substitute teacher. If you're saying sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. What? It also doesn't help to, you know, try and give yourself an air of authority when you can't pronounce half the class's name. (laughs) Uh, Try having them as your actual students. Well, the actual students, you'll you'll get that first part when they first show up, where then you could learn them. But if you're getting, like, different students... Every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Substitute you're, you're... teachers, man, they... It's problematic, because the good ones get lumped in with the bad ones, and then they all do crap, and it's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't need to get into a discussion about education. <laughs> I am kind of surprised. I, I thought you were going to say during the intro, speaking of our intro... Uh, you know, the man who should have been paying more attention to CES, Dave Belay, hi. And the man who should have said yes last week when offered a bet, Andy Lowe. I know I should have said yes. That was, it was just too perfect. And I, mm. that, I, cause like the next day before you had published the podcast, you could have just fo- like not photoshopped. Wow. That would be the wrong word edited it in yourself saying yes but nope nope too late now oh live and learn live and learn you are correct however what was i correct about you were correct about valve and ces and the serious number of third-party steam machines yeah, you know what's funny? What? It's the fact that Valve had announced that they have 14 third-party partners mm-hmm. for the Steam machines, but only 13 of them actually showed up to CES. So who is the 14th the person? The mystery 14th person. Well, it could be uh, XI1 or whatever they are, the piston, that Valve has basically publicly stated, that's not us. 
Are they even doing anything with? I didn't. He was not on the list, was he? Nope. By he, I mean the company. They were not on the list. They didn't show it at CES. They didn't be like, yeah, Steam Machine. Nope. That little piston thing. Uh, it's still out there somewhere, but it's not really part of the Steam Machine drive. Oh, no, here we go. The update is Main Gear. Main Gear is the 14th. Ah, Main Gear's tiny little spark. Whoa, is that tiny? How tiny is it? That's supposed to be like a power gaming machine. It's four inches by four and a half inches by two and a half inches. Damn, that's tiny. That's, let's see, one, two, three, four. That's like taking two of your your phone side by side and stacking them probably like five deep. That's tiny. That's so tiny. What the hell are they going to do with that? Uh, I don't know. So, Dave, what are your thoughts on the 13 Steam machines? 14. 14. Damn it. 14 Steam machines. It's really interesting to see how different companies have kind of attacked this, right? Because Steam gives them this very general set of, it should do this, and we'll license you the logo, because a lot of them have the logo on it somewhere. And the companies took it and ran with it. And so, this, I mean, some of these are big name companies. Origin PC, Cyber Power System, Alienware, Gigabyte, these are huge names. Yeah, Falcon Northwest. Some of them, not as big names. I've, Who the hell is Zotac? I was about to say, like, I've never heard of this company before. Web Helen? I and some of them went the... Oh, now they, they made a mistake there. That's just silly. What? The first one, the alternate. Well, the second one, because Alien wears first. Alternate? Yes. What's the price on it? Thir- oh, 1339 really? Right. Like, anyone, if that had been $2 cheaper, they would have sold at least one more, which would have made up for the $2. But uh, just looking at how the different companies kind of attacked this, some of them made PCs. Digital Storm made a PC. It is a tower. It is really well designed. It's gorgeous. Uh, but it's you know it's a gaming PC. Yeah, Falcon Northwest. That one is a gaming PC for some odd reason that is sitting on top of a marble base. Yeah, I don't know. And some of them went the the console route. So if you look at Scans NC10 or the Zotac. Well, no, okay. So there's there. Okay, so there. I see three form factors, right? Mm-hmm. You have your gaming PC form factor, like the Falcon and the Digital Storm, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Then you have your console form factor, which would be like your Alienware and or your Cyberpower, Cyberpower, and your alternate that sort of thing. But then you also have things like the Spark and maybe the uh, the Gigabyte Bricks Pro and the Scan NC10. Those to me scream like micro pcs like somebody they took probably laptop internals that's that's not a micro pc because that that box is pretty big it's just flat and thin what that screams to me is like your media cabinet where your tv is yeah i can see that those aren't like okay so you have your pc form factor you have your console form factor and you have your media pc form factor yeah okay and even that that media pc i mean it's it's you know, it looks like a DVD player. Yeah. So, Heck, I love how everybody compared the Alienware one to a, an evil-looking TiVo. <laughs> I really like Alienware's design on that. Like, really? they, Alienware has some good hardware designers as, as, as far as their artists, and so the form factors tend to look pretty nice. I don't know. I have to see that one in person, because right now I'm not really... You're, you're not... It's not doing anything for you? No, no, it's not. I'm trying to see if any of these are really, like, looking good, and not really, no. I buy power looks like a sandwich. 
Yeah, it looks like an ice cream sandwich. Right. Or, <laughs> you know what else it looks like is the monolith. Oh, yeah, I can see that. It looks like two monoliths stacked on top of each other. That origin PC? The origin PC one looks like some sort of, like, stereo equipment. Yep, yep. As I was saying, though, like, that's what you would put under your TV. No, yeah, that one I could see by my TV. Some of these things, I could not see the Falcon Northwest by my TV. That would just, no. Yep. But, so here's the weird thing. There's a little bit of disconnect, right? Because Valve's trying to push the living room, and I think Falcon... And uh, Digital Storm, the two PC PCs, took this and said, fuck the living room. We want the gaming den. We want the office. We want the serious PC gamers. Do you also know that those two are the highest priced ones? Yep. Well, because, okay, so Falcon Northwest, in addition to coming on a marble block, has the NVIDIA Titan. (laughs) Isn't that like a a $2,000 graphics card? Maybe that's why the price ranges up to $6,000. Right. That's that's going to be the powerhouse. That's ridiculous. But at the same time, so Valve is, is making this push for the living room and all of these other companies, 12 out of the 14 went for the living room. But Valve is also working on saying, we're going to put your power somewhere else and let you stream it to your living room. You know what somebody needs to build? Go ahead. So you I know, mean, know how you, you, you know how you have those little cube racks that you can install as um, IDFs. Okay. Intermediate distribution frames. Thank you. Sorry, I realized I probably gave you an acronym you didn't know. Yeah, it's it's rare that you manage to do that, especially when talking about technology. But I know, and computers. That was took me a second to see if you were going to latch onto that one. Nope. But you take some of those. And you build a steam machine that can fit into a rack. Okay, but Cause, like I, and then host it. Well, no, because you you see some of the people in the houses now are going to have probably cable. No and, one's going to put a server rack in their basement. I could probably go to Reddit right now and found about a good dozen, two dozen okay, of those. Reddit is a very specific community. Really, Reddit? You just said Reddit is a specific community. It's a community of communities, but it's a specific group of people. That's that's self-selecting bias, Andy. True. Okay. I was honestly, though, looking for something that would have been almost prosumer type of form factor. Okay. But I did not see that. I also, um, if you're going to spend $6,000 on a Steam machine, Mm -hmm. you know, that can only play a subset of games. Why only a subset of games? Because it's running SteamOS. Which is Linux. Which I think the current count for games on Steam that can run which, Linux. Andy, remember, the whole purpose of this was leaving the freedom up to the user. You can install Windows. You do not need to use SteamOS. Well, okay, then why don't you just, you know, <laughs> install Windows? You can probably get a high-end Windows machine. For the same price. Yeah. Right. They're not charging. In fact, Windows might be more expensive because then you have to buy Windows. Then again, when you're dealing with $6,000 for a computer, an extra 100 for the OS really doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't. But you can dual boot any of these machines. You can run SteamOS and you can run Windows. And remember, the whole point of SteamOS was having uh, kind of that, that root functionality, having the core where it's much easier to do kind of any weirdness with the computer. True. So go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Well, that was my thing was the fact that you could spend your money and get something that is not as niche of a product. Right. 
And I, I think what happened is you're getting stuck in the console mentality, perhaps because most of these look like consoles. True. They are PCs. Why did they price it at thirteen thirty nine? How was that not obvious to them? Because it's their marketing and their accountants. You don't have to be a geek to be an accountant. But thirty nine, like I know that you know what that means is they said let's price it at one thousand three hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. What Why'd the they, hell? I I don't know. Not oh, let's price it at thirteen hundred or fourteen hundred or even thirteen fifty. Let's put it at thirteen forty. Because somebody did some sort of math calculation and said, okay, we need to make X amount percentage per unit sold. And then a computer manufacturing company, no one else looked at it and said, oh, hey, you know what? If we knock two number two dollars off this, it becomes a special number that all geeks are going to recognize and love, and it gives us a name for the damn thing. Yeah, it's the leap box. I mean, it's right there. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's that's a, just a bad move on their part. So the question becomes: Are you going to get a steam box? A steam box? Oh, I don't know. I, Certainly not the first no. round. I don't think I want to be an early adopter on this. Well, also for the fact that um, during the announcements of the Steam boxes, they also uh, had a Steam. They announced an update to SteamOS. Yeah. Um, so Linux-based operating systems initially launched only with NVIDIA graphics supports. Hence, why if you look at the list, they are all NVIDIA. Yeah. Um, oh wait, here's a Radeon. I know because they announced that SteamOS now supports AMD graphics cards. So somebody got in to late on that one and is now is actually able to run AMD cards. Yeah, yeah, but like a lot of these machines run AMD. Hold on, I'm looking at numbers now. iBuyPower is a Radeon. Uh, Gigabyte is an Intel chip. CyberPower is a Radeon. Okay, so some of the uh, smaller ones are running Radeons. Yeah. So there's a there's a couple. Most of them are running NVIDIA. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, these are really nice machines, and the form factors are gorgeous. At the same time, uh, I was planning on on collecting components this holiday season, so holiday of 2014, and making my own PC. And I was thinking of looking at other options like liquid-cooled or even looking into um, a submerged PC where, you know, all the components are inside mineral oil. Just curious, have you done anything with that thermal take case? The one that my main PC is in? Oh, you're actually using that one? The one that yeah. I dragged all the way from Seattle? Yeah, it's what, my, it's what I run right now. Okay, just double-checking. Laura's using my old one. I used the one Kate's. that we won for basically cheating at Civ. Yep. yep. Well, no, you didn't. You win yours for Civ. I won mine for something else. I think the uh, is it the scavenger hunt? Yeah, probably something like that. The scavenger hunt where every once in a while I was actually what you had to be hunting for. <laughs> Go find Waldo. What? <laughs> yeah, I get that text message, and then I get another one from Big Red where he just literally is just run with an exclamation point. <laughs> it was clever. It was very clever. And then as soon as I see that, I'm like, screw running. I just go sit on a couch and I play magic with somebody until somebody gives me the all clear. Yep. <sighs> so I honestly was not concerned that much with the Steam boxes at CES because of Radeon, or not Radeon's, uh, Razor's announcement. 
So Razer is an interesting company. I say this having a Razer keyboard, a Razer mouse, the Razer gamepad thing. Some of their stuff is really, really, really good, and they do tend to produce like super high end. At the same time, they're I, I always get the feeling of like they're they're putting in half the effort that they could. I used to have the. Uh... Death Adder mouse, right? Uh-huh. Except the capacitors in the board started to go bad, and so every time I would move the mouse, I would actually hear it move because of the changing voltage from the capacitors. <laughs> Oops. So yeah, I was definitely way out of the warranty, but I'm hearing this thing like over and over again with the Death Adder, and people are like, have complained enough that Razer knows about it and just, you know, hasn't done anything about it. Right. But this Project Christine is an interesting idea. For those who now, um, let's let's before we even say what it is, it is a concept. They have a working model, but it's very much just we thought this would be an interesting thing to try and gauging the public's reaction. Yes, it, it's like going back to the world's fairs. This is not hey, here's what we are doing. It's hey, here's something we could do. So the idea with Project Christine is to basically turn your PC into a Lego set. I actually really dislike that comparison. Why? Because it's nothing like Le- like Legos. All right, what would you compare it to then? And I would compare it to, um, hmm, try to think. Like, I don't have a good comparison. I don't think there is a good comparison. Well, it's literally you just... Yeah, but, but hot swapping does not make it Lego. You build something with Legos. You create something that wasn't there. This is, they send you components. You purchase components, and you can swap them in and out. You can rearrange it, you can modify it, but it, that doesn't make it a Lego. All right, so what else in our lives would be completely module? I mean, that's what it is. It's a modular PC. Yeah. It's the idea that they took the motherboard and they broke it up. So this kind of holy concept of the motherboard, the basis, the core of the PC. And they they redistributed it and they said, okay, we're going to have all of it basically be rewired. And there are ports for everything, which is just like the motherboard. There are ports for everything. And they made it so that to connect to those ports instead of pushing it in and and opening the case and pushing it in and moving the pins around and doing things like that, it's plug and play. Like a USB drive, basically. Yeah, or like uh, the the hot swappable networks attached storages, the NASes, where you just shove a hard disk into it and, oh, you want more space? No, I think, honestly, like just turning your your computer into a USB hub would be an easy comparison. Yeah, Yeah, the the computer is a hub. So, like, you know how you'd plug a mouse into there and then plug a keyboard into there? You'd do that except you'd use your components. Like, you'd plug... Your video card. Your video card into there, your CD-ROM drive, your processor, all the stuff into... uh, computer-based USB hub sort of thing. Yep. Now, one of the things that had stopped this previously was the problem of cooling and airflow. Yes. And that you need to cool all of these components. Video cards, especially the more modern ones, get really hot and are really, really loud. And so Christine addresses this because not only when you plug it in are you connecting power and data, you're also hooking it up to a central line mineral oil-cooled PC. I wonder if you could plug in a heat sink. So you could try and overclock it? Well, you already can because it's mineral oil cooled. Yeah. But if you if you built a component whose only job was to be a heat sink, that'd be kind of cool. That could be interesting. Granted, I don't know how much you would need to overclock it because you can you're not, if you're not running fast enough, you just buy a new module, pop out the old one, plug yep. in the new one. Yep. 
which is kind of funny. The article that I linked about Project Christine. You can still do that with your normal computer. Well, yes, but this makes it just super easy. Yep. Well, so so what I've read about this and the theory that that's kind of going along with this. Um, I have no idea if this is the article you linked or not. Let me open that up. It is not. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, considering a subscription base. Yeah, which was kind of funny because my boss linked this article yesterday, and I just like looked at it, and in my head I thought, hey, if everything is hot swappable, you get some remote troubleshooting, remote. Um, basically remote telemetry that it can keep tabs on something. And so Razor will be like, oh, there's a problem with this module here. We'll go and mail you a replacement module. Your IT guy doesn't exist anymore if everything's just plug and play. You could have people... Your IT guy exists. He's just at Razor. Yeah. Well, your desktop support technician exists. Your IT guy will probably still exist for the networking and all this, but the desktop support guy. But at the same time, so so the subscription isn't actually a subscription. It's kind of like pre-purchasing because it's not that you're going to get a new component every month. It's you're going to get a new component whenever they decide to release a new component. Yes. I actually don't like the subscription model. And what? yes, I, I understand it's easier to subscribe than to save up and pay. But while you are saving, your money can still be working for you. This, uh, it's honestly, just think about this. If you had a Project Christine at a business, right? And you're a media business, so you've got your subscription to Adobe, right? It's it's a lot easier to budget something like this to just know, oh, okay, if we're just spending X dollars per month, we know that everything will still be working, still be top of the line. I don't have to worry about budgeting every three years for a new computer. But you are budgeting every three years for a new computer. Yes, you're just balancing it out over the three years. So put that money away. Budget the same thing, but put the money into an account and let it accrue interest. Or put that money back into your business. Or, yeah, reinvest, do something, but this is... Why would I buy this and then pay Razer $50 a month knowing that, hey, you know, when the next one comes out, they'll send it to me. But that could be in five weeks. That could be in three months. That could be in a year. I honestly see this as almost a mix between the Mac and the PC because you are, with Project Christine, locked. You can customize it, but you're locked to their hardware. Yeah, you're locked to their hardware, so, just like a Mac. So put this at $50 a month, and I don't see it going for less than that. $50 a month is 6 Hundred a year. So over three years, it's eighteen hundred dollars. Can you buy a PC for eighteen hundred dollars that will be still good at the end of three years? Probably, most likely. Right. But at that end of the three years, is it going to show its age? Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But then you can buy another one. I know this. It's almost like the tortoise and the hare sort of thing here. Slow and steady versus fast sprints. Yes. Yep. I think the subscription model's a bad idea. I really do. I think I, let me let me rephrase that. I think it's a fantastic idea for Razer. Okay. Let's say you are an IT person with you Andy, know Andy, this is not targeted to companies. I know, but I'm saying this could be easily modified to be targeted to companies. No company would want to do that. They want full ownership. They want to have their stuff. It's the way everything's going. Everything's going to a subscription base where the companies themselves do not have to handle. Are you kidding me? Really? Maybe maybe a small business. Small businesses, I could agree with that. But any sizable company that has their own IT staff, they're going to buy the machines and say these are hours. I'm sorry, but I cannot agree to that. I honestly feel like the outsourcing and the streamlining and the consistency of not having to worry about it is the future. Well, we will have to disagree on this one and see how it turns out. 
I would put a bet on this one, but this one is such... Long-term. Yeah, long-term and so vague that it's hard to nail anything down. Yeah, I do not see this this moving to the company. Certainly not to any... Again, like small business, very small business where you've got 10 to 20 people, maybe up to, to 50, where you don't really have a strong IT staff. I could see doing that sort of outsourcing. But think of the fact that if you had this, how many people would you have that are just going around fixing everybody's desktops if you have a large company? You just pay, you know, $50 a month. Andy, I'd still have to have someone fixing the desktops because what if it's not the component? What if it's the actual frame? Because with this thing, there's only two issues. It's a frame component. Well, hardware issues. Right. There's two hardware issues, the component or the frame. And let's say it's the component. I'm still going to have to have an IT staff come by and pull it out and put the new one in. You are overestimating the average corporate worker. I have met the average corporate worker many times. Are you going to trust them as the owner of a company to take out a component and put a new one in? No, but I'm saying you could seriously trim down the costs of hiring people to do this. Mm-hmm. It's it's the way conglomeration causes and even, more even people. After that, or less people to do more work. Even after that, there's no way that the the liability is so high for the company of, oh no, our employee damaged this. It wasn't that it just broke, it's that someone damaged it. Okay, so you add on the subscription, say another $10, $15 a month, some sort of protection plan. Heck, a three-year protection plan. Everybody does that. You could go to Dell and get a three-year warranty plan for anything. I honestly see this coming into the future. I see this as coming to the consumer level, but nowhere near corporate level. And again, even on the consumer level, I think that for the consumer, subscription is a terrible, terrible idea. I don't disagree with the modular components. I don't disagree that like Christine itself, the the hardware is a good idea. I think that's really cool. I think a subscription-based system to Christine is stupid and terrible. What happens if I, you know, you and I both buy it and you are subscribed and I choose not to subscribe and then like a month before they they release a new product, I subscribe. Okay. Do you uh, get it and I don't? Because I'm subscribed. Do I get it? And then if I choose to remove my subscription, I have to either send it back or I have to purchase it or do they remote? Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I've got a real world example that can actually carry over to this. So I'm in a T-Mobile subscriber right now, right? Yeah. I'm also part of their upgrade plans, which I am paying... 15 bucks a month. Plus, so the insurance plus a little bit extra per month in order to, if there's a new phone out there, yep. I could turn in my old phone, finish, play, get the rest of that payment plan wiped off, and then I'd get a new phone with a new payment plan right. as I continue my subscription. Right. The caveat with this is, because you would say, okay, what is stopping somebody from, you know, signing up like a week before the new phone comes out, getting this new phone, and then canceling their subscription, as you had said. Mm -hmm. Caveat is you have to be in the program for at least six months before you are allowed to get a new phone. Okay. So you put that caveat into your subscription service where you must be subscribed for X number of months. You put in a contract, just like a mobile phone contract, which you and I both know are terrible for the consumer. Consumers. That's the easiest way to protect somebody from trying to gain right. the system. It's, it's fantastic for the company. I don't disagree on that, but it's terrible for the consumers. And who knew we'd be talking so much about just this one little product that wasn't 
mind you, it wasn't even like Razor's major only announcement. Thing. Oh, no, this was their major announcement. It just wasn't their only announcement. Okay, so what is Razor doing getting into this like activity monitoring business? Because everybody at CES was getting into the activity monitoring system. I, it was ridiculous. Right, but, but isn't Razor's thing like buy gamers for gamers? Uh, <laughs> It's CES. Somehow the word went out that, hey, if you're going to CES, you have you, to do some sort of wearable is, tech. This is the, the like entry into CES this year. I think last year was either 3D TV or, or something like that. And this year it's uh, you must have some sort of wearable activity monitor. Yes. <laughs> there is there is your exhibitor's you fee cannot, there, plus, yeah, plus you must you have, have some, the activity monitor. Yeah. Because what the hell? <laughs> They were all over the place. It was ridiculous. There was the new Pebble Watch. There was the new... Well, see, Razer had theirs. I think Intel had one as well, right? Mm-hmm. Nike probably showed off. Oh, yeah, of course. Nike does. Got the same thing that they've always had. Did Which Fitbit is funny because most of these... Most of these wearable technologies are just, you know, some sort of pedometer, which, as I have told you in the past, is not that accurate of a measurement device. Yeah. So, um, oh, something Fitbit that did have a showing. At, oh, maybe. Hmm? Uh, Sony uh, Fitbit like Fitbit like everything is Fitbit like. I don't think Fitbit actually did anything at CES. No, because they announced the uh, the Flex before CES. That was back in October, November. Because I was thinking about putting one on my Christmas wish list, but the cost was so much, they would have been like the only thing I would have gotten for Christmas, and that would have been a little weird. Why is there a Fitbit for dogs? There's a collar that is what heart rate and data collection of your dog. It's not from Fitbit, but still. What? <laughs> I I don't know. So okay. Dave, yeah, should we try and get away from the wearable technology at CES and talk about something that's you know wasn't wearable? Like I mean, the, Andy, the, we've been doing that for the last thirty minutes, talking about Christine and and uh, Steam boxes. Well, what's what, what's the heck is this PlayStation Now thing? <laughs> PlayStation Now is. What's making Microsoft's marketing department cry into their pillows at night? Why is that? Okay, so Xbox One and PS4 are both announced within like two weeks of each other. Yes. And the Xbox One announcements were all like, you know, we, we're going to try something new. We're taking this in an innovative direction. It's going to be always on. We do know that's going to upset some people, but because of what we want to do with the box, that's how it's going to be. Yeah, and then there was all the backlash. People flipped and they went nuts and they said, how dare you? And this is a terrible idea. And well, what about this? And granted, Microsoft's marketing department handled it terribly. Like, god awful. We know people were fired fired. because of how it was handled. Right. And eventually Microsoft recants and says, no, no, no. Okay, fine. We'll listen to you guys. It means that we're not going to have this. It means that you're going to be locked to the console and it's not going to be, you know, all this really cool online stuff. And we're sorry. Uh, You know, please forgive us. We'll do more of the same. Fast forward. (laughs) CES. uh, Sony comes out. And this was something that they had talked about. PlayStation Now. And PlayStation Now is most of the really cool things that Microsoft had said back with the Xbox One. Things like, you will be able to stream your games to any PlayStation Now-enabled device. You will be able to download the games directly and basically like play them as soon as you purchase them. Basically, it's on live for Sony. Hmm. 
Well, that would be it's, nice. It's going to be a lot of more of the classic games. It's not going to be like PS4 games, but it'll no, be PlayStation, yeah, the, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, things like that. Yeah, the PS4, the, the bandwidth needed to stream that would just be horrendous, right. which we don't have in the United States. Right. But it requires you to be always connected. <laughs> oh. And if you don't have an internet connection, you can't stream the games. You can't play them. You don't own them. We have the rights to them. And the reaction is people going nuts, going, that's so cool, and that's amazing, and I can't wait for this thing. I feel like the populace has a five-second memory. And and some people are calling it out, going like, wait, that's what Microsoft was trying, and, you know, you made fun of them for it, Sony. And Sony was like, what are you talking about? We didn't make fun of anything about Microsoft. And, and look, look, shiny, old Final Fantasy games. You can play them again. Woo! You can buy your Final Fantasy games again. Again, right. Squaresoft is laughing all the way to the bank. Square Enix, rather. So it's on live for PlayStation for devices. For PlayStation, yeah. Well, PlayStation slash Sony devices, because you'll be probably able to hook this up to your Sony smart TV. Yep, your Sony phones, Sony Ericsson phones. Just, I mean, what the hell? It's not the same. It's just not, not the same. You're right. It is not, not the same. Ah, <laughs> uh, there were so many cool things that could have come from Microsoft and the Xbox One. And they recanted. Now, again, like if, if you go back into our archives and listen to Andy and I talking about Microsoft, we were part of that. So like the Xbox One, this is, these are stupid ideas. I believe we said it is innovative and it is pushing the industry in a new direction and that we were pretty pleased with that. But that the execution was poor and the marketing was terrible. Very true. And ah, I always get mixed emotions when I'm right about things like this. Because on the one hand, I'm right about this, damn it. On the other hand, I didn't want to be right about this. So, speaking of streaming, yeah, this one was actually not part of CES, but it was announced around the same time. AT&T wants to do sponsored data. Yes! So the idea so, is the fact that... <laughs> the idea is fuck net neutrality? Well, okay, so we all have, you know, data plans on our cell phones. Yeah. And we're paying, you know, X, X amount, amount of money for that cell phone. And if you're on AT&T, there's, you know, that whole data cap where, you know, if you go over the data cap, you, you got to spend more part. money. Right. So what AT&T wants to do is have sponsored data where, say... It doesn't count towards your cap. Yes. Say you're playing, you know, Farmville or Candy Crush on your phone. King, who owns Candy Crush data well say, like advertising data or something like that i'm trying to think of some sort of all right let's say ingress ingress that probably takes a lot of data that takes a lot of data that takes so much data all right, side note are you still playing ingress uh every so often i'll hop on and drop a, a resonator or drop you know fire off a burster okay are you no okay i didn't think so but you asked me well, I was curious to see, since you already had hit the level cap and reasoning for your plane would be less. Yeah. Okay, so Ingress uses up a lot of data on your phone. Yes, and battery. So the, the the idea would be that Google would pay AT&T to sponsor your data so that when you used the application, any data used by Ingress would not be applied to your monthly data plan limit. Now, if you did some sort of, I don't know, other version of an app that used lots of data that was not, you know, sponsored data, then you would be charged for that. As and, I said, yeah. fuck net neutrality. That's what this amounts to. And I'd like to point out, so AT&T said that they were considering this and they were putting out feelers. 
uh, they've already gotten a response from the FCC. Not a direct response. I have no idea if, if there was direct communication between the FCC and AT&T. Now, this was but, just... Um, but the FCC is, has publicly stated, like, if they try this, we're going to shut it down. Well, uh, Tom Wheeler, the current FCC chairman, was asked about the Wall Street Journal about this because, you know, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Because also, so, uh, the FCC put out their net neutrality thing that's currently, you know, in the courts with Verizon, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. This, though, since it's mobile networking, does not actually fall under those net neutrality laws. Right. Because it is a mobile but, network, and technically, uh, under the current stating of the law, AT&T is allowed to throttle and packet, prioritize and everything to their heart's content due to a mobile network. Yeah. So somebody was like, the FCC is like, are you sure you want to, you know? And Tom Wheeler said, literally, note, quote, make no mistake, we're ready to intervene. Right. As I said, the FCC came out and said, fuck no. <laughs> God, this is, as soon as I saw this in my news feed, I was just like, you know, no, <laughs> not going to happen. You, you kind of, like, I, I kind of picture Tom Wheeler just drawing the line in the sand and saying, go ahead, step over it. Because we're going to win in the courts, and it's going to remove this exemption of mobile data, and then we control that, too. It's, oh, sponsored <laughs> data. Really? Oh. I get it. Okay, so stepping back from this and stepping back from being a consumer and just trying to look at it more objectively. It's innovative. It's a new model. It's a good idea for the company. But it's definitely not for the consumer. Well, not it's for, for the consumer. It's not. I can see their argument saying like, "Hey, this is for the consumer because it is less money out of your pocket." Yes, but it's more money from someone else's pocket. Yeah, going to AT and T. They're they're not going to make this decision and lose money. No, no, they're not. Just ah. Uh... So other telecom news. Yeah, and, and other news of like innovation and potentially industry-changing decisions. T-Mobile has had this uncarrier initiative. Have you been following that? Yes. As a T-Mobile subscriber, I kind of keep tabs on what T-Mobile is doing. Right. Well, also as the fact that we do this podcast and we yes, keep bringing it up. also true. Uh, you know, things like, hey, there's no such thing as international fees anymore. Up that to was, 200 megabytes. Right. That was pretty major. Um, the newest one, which had been leaked, was T-Mobile will pay your early termination fee from leaving Sprint, Verizon, or AT&T. If you buy a phone and buy a contract with T-Mobile, they will pay your early termination fee up to $350. That is also if you trade in your, your old other phone. Device, which, I mean, if you're coming from Verizon or Sprint, doesn't matter because you can't use it anyway. True. The only phones that that would really make a difference is AT&T. And I don't really uh, get why they insist that you trade it in, but they are willing to pay you for that They're up in- to an additional $300. They insist that you trade in your device so they can get you on their subscription plan for buying ah, your okay. device. I see. That works. Um, now, <laughs> I, when I was telling this to Laura a couple days ago, she's like, oh, well, that's stupid because they're just going to raise their early termination fee by $350. <laughs> I, I said, like, yeah, that, that actually, if, if I were AT&T, that's what I would do. <laughs> What AT&T did, though, which is kind of funny because I actually had pointed this out on last week's list of topics, but we never actually got to it, mm-hmm. that AT&T, because this was leaked ahead of time, decided to basically beat them to it, beat them to it and announce that, hey, if you 
leave T-Mobile, we'll pay you $450 towards your early termination fee. Right. And and so what this is really doing is it's just an arms race. And as I said, it's going to be industry changing in the sense of potentially they could all do this, all the major carriers. And really, at that point, it's unfair to the smaller carriers who could potentially lodge a lawsuit and say, like, this is unfair. And then they just all get rid of their ETFs. Well, I'm also am kind of glad they're doing this because they're trying to get rid of the fact that well, T-Mobile is at least starting this, and hopefully AT&T and uh, Verizon follow up the fact that your uh, contract is getting subsidized or your contract includes a subsidy of your phone. Yep. Which is for some odd reason just an American thing. It's not really a European or Asian thing. It's just a U.S. thing that we do. Well, we're already moving away from that. Yeah. T-Mobile has a couple plans that aren't don't include the subsidy. I think AT&T does too now. Which is part of the thing is the early termination fee. You trade in your phone, which was subsidized, you come to our thing and you'll get a non-subsidized phone. Granted, you'll still have to pay for you'll it by pay monthly for the whole phone, right? But uh, do you agree that this could potentially result in either all the companies just raising their ETFs by $300 or getting rid of it? No, I can see this having people get rid of their early termination fees. Yep. Or not even getting rid of it, but effectively getting rid of it because they're all going to cover each other's. Well, it's just kind of like the fact that um, the old requirement that was put through by Congress saying that if you want to keep your cell phone number, even if you switch carriers, you can still keep it. And they have to let you. They what well, it technically, yeah, they have to. It's it's a little convoluted how they actually do it, but technically they do. You know, you are able to transfer your cell phone number across. Right. So yeah, maybe it's something like this my, where it just things just start to cancel each other out. The the number I have right now has actually been on two carriers, but one carrier twice because <laughs> it started on Sprint and then it moved to T-Mobile and then it moved back to Sprint. The idea of a telephone number in general, I think, is going to get shifted around soon. Yeah. I think it might already have been because people are moving around. And now that you have a cell phone instead of a landline, the idea of these area codes as area codes is kind of silly. So what I was actually trying to point out for yes. T-Mobile, yeah. not the uh, early termination fee of the thing, but the fact that they um, are currently buying a block of spectrum for $2.365 billion. That's a lot of money. Two billion three hundred and sixty-five million. Yes. Okay. From Verizon to uh, promote their LTE devices. The T-Mobile LTE. Yes. That they are just now starting to work on. Yes. Because they had been GSM. Yes. Why is Verizon selling? I mean, two point three billion dollars is a lot of money. Also, where is Google? Not Google. T-Mobile. Get it. Usually, when we talk in billions, it's Google. Where is T-Mobile getting $2.3 billion? I'm not sure. Wasn't Deutsche Telekom looking to get rid of them because yes, they weren't yes, they making were. a lot of money? But somehow, T-Mobile, you know... They, they acquired $2.3 billion that they can spend to purchase Spectrum from Verizon. Okay. So, um, the, the, the caveat here... Well, first off, I'm great because I'm looking at this map here, and most of the lower peninsula of Michigan... Is part of that. Is part of the new licenses. Yep. So I'm happy for that. I'm sadly not part of that. No, no, you're not. Interestingly enough, neither is Chicago. Well, that's the... These, uh, these LTE frequencies are made... Supposedly, most of them are over major metropolitan areas. Right, but not Chicago? I think T-Mobile's got decent LTE coverage already over Chicago. Wouldn't that be the existing gray block? Um... Well, for the 700 megahertz range. Okay. T-Mobile's current LTE is in a different band of the 700 megahertz block. 
Ah. So, even though I see this nice big purple block over the state of Michigan, and they're going to be rolling this out within the third quarter of 2014. It's magenta, technically. Yeah, okay, so yes, it's the magenta. It's T-Mobile, they're magenta. So, even though this is going to be rolled out this year, mm-hmm. my phone will not be able to handle it because it's on a different band in the frequency. So, I would have to get my next device, may or may not, you know, work with yeah. this LTE. Yay, competing standards. At least we're all, when there's competing standards. At least we're all agreeing on LTE. So at least we've gotten that far. Yeah. So we're not dealing with HS, PA plus and LTE and whatever YMAX was what Sprint was going with. So at least we're all agreeing on LTE now. So that's the first step. Yep, that's that's on the, the way to the right direction. <laughs> okay. So that is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it 2. is. 2.3 billion dollars. How many uh Christines can you buy with 2.3 billion dollars? <laughs> I don't know. Are you talking about the car, Christine? That was the other thing. When they said Project Christine in my head, I Oh, God, and- Stephen King. I immediately switched to Stephen King, and I'm like, oh, God, my computer's going to kill me. <laughs> I I had forgotten about the... Oh, man. That, and I also went to, there's a ghost in the machine. Your computer's going to kill you, Project Christine. Yep. <laughs> Oops. It's kind of an unfortunate name. Also, where did Christine come from? I don't know. Where do project names come from? They just come well, from all over the with place. with Razor, they choose a bunch of animals. Like, all of their mice are... Uh, um, snakes? Spiders. Oh, spiders? I think the mice are spiders and the keyboards are snakes, or I might have that backwards. I thought the death adder was a... An adder was a snake. An adder is a snake. So I think the mice might be snakes. Okay. What's this one? This is the... Laura's confirming now. Yeah, the mice are snakes and the keyboards... Right, because I, I, there's the Black Widow keyboard. Gotcha. So the keyboards are spiders, the mice are snakes, the headsets are... I don't remember. What's the uh, Razer keyboard that's built like the Model M? I know they have one. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Is Razor that the Black Mechanical. Widow? I think it's the Black Widow. Hang on. Razer Mechanical keyboard? Yeah. Uh, Black Widow gaming keyboard, yep. Okay, so it is the Black Widow. Yep. Side note, when I was going through uh, my work right now, I'm trying to clean out the uh, closet of my previous, of the previous person who held my position, basically. Mm -hmm. They had 24 PS2 keyboards just sitting around. Mm. 20, I could understand, you know, keeping one or two keyboards, especially since the old automation software uh, did not have the USB connections for keyboard and mice. So you had to use the PS2 connections. Mm -hmm. But 24 of them? It's a little surprising. Granted, I did find a Model M in there. It was a blue label Model M, so not that rare, but still. It's a Model M built in 2002. Great, sorry. Okay. Uh, So, um, anything else you want to hit? Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, okay, the the headsets are all like sea creatures and dragons. So there's there's like the Kraken, the Black Shark, the Chimera, Tiamat, the Hammerhead. Okay. Interesting. Karcharius. The hell? So is there anything else that you want to speak about from okay. uh, CES? Ooh. Anything else? Anything else? Uh, da, da, da. I think that was pretty much it, wasn't it? There's we... The, we do have this Wired's top 10. Oh, we Which... can talk about the first one on the top 10, the Oculus. 
Yes, that also was pretty cool. So they updated it a little bit uh, and not just made it high def, but also they they added an external camera that looks at you while you have it on. What it specifically looks at is the fact that there's a bunch of, are they LEDs or are they just painted dots? They're just, they're painted dots. They're just sensors. Okay. And I have sensors. They're, they're reference points on the Oculus. Uh, they may, you know what, those might actually be LEDs. I bet you they're infrared. Probably they're infrared LEDs. That would make I sense. I think they're infrared LEDs. Just like, you know, the uh, sensor bar for your Wiimote. Yep. So it can track using the camera those reference points. So now it's not depending on these internal gyros for like, you know, pitch, yaw, and roll. Now it actually gets a full 3D picture, including pitch, yaw, and roll, as well as X, Y, and Z. So it knows where your head is, and it knows how your head is oriented, and it feeds that data into the game. So it's now become even more immersive. Right. You want to crouch? Go ahead and crouch. You want to look around a corner? You can peek around the corner. You can turn your head one direction while leaning the other direction, and it will track both of them at the same time and display accordingly to your actual headset. Yep. That's just crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, God, I can't wait for this thing to come out. Oh, it's going to I'm going to have to spend so much money on this. This has honestly been, I think, like the darling of... Because this was originally a Kickstarter, right? Oculus? Yeah. yeah, I think it was one of the first ones. Yeah, I think this was like... Was very the, early on. Yeah, very early on in Kickstarter. And now this thing is just amazing. And I think this is like the thing that Kickstarter can point to and be like, you know that Oculus Rift? Yeah, that was we us. Did that. that was totally us. Guys, guys. Yeah, that's... Wow. What are my next Kickstarters do? <laughs> You so let's see you other results with, with Kickstarter because like some of them came out exactly on time. Some of them were supposed to be out a year ago. Kickstarter, it's hit and miss. Yep, that was actually one of the articles I was reading about CES was the fact that uh, on some of the outskirts buildings where you know like tables don't cost you know like a million dollars something like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of basically Kickstarter, Adreno sort of things that are not actually built. Just people are there to kind of like promote their ideas and try and get funding for them. Yep. And he's, that's causing a bit of an issue because people have to go like, they get a demo and they're like, okay, sure, I'd like to buy 500 of these. And the guy's like, ah, we don't actually have any built. So interesting twist to CES. Anything else before we try and shotgun the last couple of articles uh do we want to shotgun them or do we want to just move on well quickly to note the update to the aereo case mm -hmm. it's going to the supreme court okay they're gonna they're gonna listen to it yeah the supreme court has uh agreed to hear the aereo versus basically tv companies cool so yeah we're gonna finally get a definite answer out of this um there's a library in texas that doesn't actually have any books just digital yeah entirely digital hmm. no actual paper books uh let's see what else do we got going on here oh uh cisco is coming out with a router that looks like the classic WRT54G, which hopefully that name just in your mind conjures that classic blue and black router. It, it was the blue and black box that was ubiquitous for a while in, in routers. Yeah, except this one is going to be cost uh, $300. <coughs> Oof. Yeah, that was part of the little router. That was the part of the, the appeal of the WRT54G was the fact that it was cheap. Mm -hmm. $300, not cheap. Nope. It's like, the, it's like when BMW redid the Mini. The original 
appeal of the Mini was the fact that it was cheap. Then BMW redoes the Mini, and it comes out, and you're like, this is not cheap. Nope. Uh, anything else? Google uh, got fined? A, Google got fined by France uh, for privacy issues. And really, the, the funny thing here is they were fined. Are you ready for this? Are okay. you ready? $200,000. <laughs> That's – I. They, they, that amount of money could disappear from their account and they wouldn't notice. That, that's, oh, that's ridiculous. $200,000 is not a slap on the wrist. No, no, it's not. That's, it's the beating of a butterfly wing. I was going to say, it's like, a, like flicking the guy in the ear sort of thing. Like... If I were Google, it, I almost wouldn't send the check because it's just not worth the time to write out a check for $204,000. Oh, that's ridiculous. <sighs> All right, well, I think that's everything. So should we go on to the random review? Yes. It's my turn this week. Woo! What do you got? I have a tiny Death Star. A tiny Death Star. Yes, tiny Death Star. Actually, one of the official licensed games of Star Wars, done by LucasArts. It's a mobile game. Um, have you played Tiny Towers? I played about four minutes of Tiny Towers and said, absolutely not. <laughs> then you're not going to like Tiny Death Star, because it's, it's, tower. <laughs> it's Tiny Towers with a, a Star, Star Wars skin over it. Okay. Do you still, like, make restaurants? Yep, you still oh. build levels, and you can have them be restaurants, but, you know, everything is, you know, uh, Star Wars themed. So there's a cantina. Yes, I literally have the cantina. I currently have one guy working in the cantina. He's dressed like a stormtrooper, and he is buying some blue milk right now. No, wait, yeah, blue milk. Andy, turn off the game. Uh, yeah, it's Tiny Towers with a Star Wars theme to it. Okay. So, if you like Tiny Towers, you could play this game. I f like it because it's something I can literally just pick up and play for about 20 seconds and then just put it back down again. If I'm actually, like, sitting there playing for longer, then it starts to get to me. Because it's a face... Well, not a Facebook. It's a mobile game, so... Yeah. If Side note, if you're not playing Tiny Towers, think of it like a less good version of Sim Towers. A very stripped-down version of Sim yeah, Towers. down stolen yeah charging you money for the ability to do things version of sim tower and i will gladly point out i have not spent any money yet on it i like that you put in yet well i have my goal is to never spend money on free-to-play games good very good so okay tiny death star not much of a review there andy but well, I, there's not much to review it's yeah there's not death, much to the game tiny towers yeah it's it's tiny towers but death star, death star looking okay Everything is Star Wars themed. That's 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 the summary. I mean, that's, that's the yeah. That's it. Random topic. Random topic. Have you ever had bird poo fall on you? I didn't mean I for have, that to rhyme, but that's how it was written. I, I don't think I have. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Uh, but I've been around. I've been with a group where at least three other people had. Like at the same time? I mean, not at exactly the same time. There's like this wing formation, this this V formation of birds flying overhead going like, and now you got carpet bombed. But, I mean, relatively within the same amount of time. Yeah. Go to uh, Google Maps. All right, why am I going to Google Maps? And and, and search for Machias, M-A-C-H-I-A-S, -A Seal Island. C-H, hold on, Google Maps is still loading. I-A-S, 
Grand Mananan? Grand Manan, yep. Oh, it's next to a bird sanctuary. It is a bird sanctuary. Oh. The entire island is a bird sanctuary. <laughs> well, now you're just asking for it. If you go to an island that is a bird sanctuary yep. and somehow you don't get pooed on, I think that's a lucky day it for you the, there. Yeah, yeah. I, I went there four times, I think four times, and I, yeah. I never got pooed on. I, let me just say with, you know, the, the first KISS podcast, we were talking about whale camp and now you're going to bird. Th- you have done more outdoorsy things than I have thought that you, you would have done credit for it. well so for what it's worth if, if you scroll out and and see where that island is still scrolling still sc- oh <laughs> this area looks familiar that's from whale camp <laughs> yes i was like wait a second gulf of maine satellite view because there's these little spots of of like actual detail and it's the little islands what is there's nothing there why is that I guess there is an island there. It's a very small forested island. So you yourself have not been pooed on. Right. I, on the other hand, have been pooed on. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, for what it's worth, that, that white ring around Machaya Seal Island, the rocks in the area are not naturally white. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's all bird poo. So like I said, going there and not getting pooed on, you are a lucky man. Yep. I knew that that was when I got pooed on, that was actually the first part of a really crappy day for me. Because okay, so we're out no pun intended. Um no, no pun was actually intended on that one. <laughs> I feel kinda bad that I missed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well done. Okay, so really bad day. Um it was a church camp. Um and we were out doing just like some popsicle stick craft or something like that. And literally it was like a table of like 20 people. One of the giant picnic tables. And I was the one who got pooed on, right? Top of my head down to my arm. It was just a nice long streak. Ooh. Yeah, that was not pleasant. Um, and then later that night when we were playing Capture the Flag. Did I ever tell you about the time where I was playing Capture the Flag and it was dark? And, um, Isn't it usually dark when you play Capture the Flag? Sometimes. Capture the flag. Uh, That's when you play the fun parts of Capture the Flag. But um, I had gotten the flag, and I was running back to our side the entire time just yelling, like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Because if you got tagged, you just dropped the flag where it was. So you weren't allowed to move the flag back again. So it was pertinent to tell everybody where you were if you had the flag while you were running. Oh, because they have to know where it is. Yeah. Okay. So um, it was dark out. I was running, so I wasn't really, you know, using my flashlight to light my distance because I had the flag at the time, so I was booking it. Um, there was a gate in, near the dividing line, Uh-oh. which the gate was open, so I thought, hey, I can run through the gate. It's no problem. Except I was off about three feet to the left, and there was a post. Smack into the post, didn't you? About waist high. Oh, and I'd say about a good four or five inches. It's a round post. I nailed that one perfectly to nail the boys. Oh, not only that, like, like I got it, I got it, I got it. No, I I hit that and went over, and I hit it with enough force that I went over and landed on my back. Oh, and that I was just lying there in pain, and the people who were chasing me like stopped and like started laughing so hard that they had to like keep their hands on their knees and nobody actually tagged me for like a good 45 seconds because everybody was just laughing so hard at this laughing so hard oh and i'm just sitting there going like and then they finally tagged me and i'm just you know slowly walk back to the jail going oh yep 
So yeah, that was the, that was a so, bad day for me. So your me. day starts with getting crapped on, and yeah. ends with you running into a post. And Basically, just getting junk punched possible. by a post. <sighs> so yes, I've had a bird poo on me, and that was actually not the worst thing that happened to me that day. So yeah, uh, that's my that answer. That kind of sucks. Yep. Okay. So yeah, there's there's your answer to that one. So I guess we are now done All with right. the episode. I think so. I think that's everything. <laughs> that, that was an interesting episode. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 